is a true crime podcast. Some of the content on this show might be too graphic for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hi guys and welcome to Crime Wives. I'm your host Veronica. And I'm your host Destiny. And it's, like always, been a while. Right? It always <laughs> feels like it's been a while, but I think it's because we're so used to doing this every single week. Yes. So when we miss a week... Um, which usually doesn't affect you guys. It did this week because of Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Uh, or happy last late. Hey, belated. remember when it was Thanksgiving last week? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So happy late Thanksgiving. Um, but, yeah. So it always feels like a long time, even though it really Yeah. I mean, long. then we did a two-parter, and I was sick. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but it's still there a little bit. Just a little. Just even a little. though we see each other. Like, we've seen each other every <laughs> yeah. single week. It's just... We just haven't still... talked to them. And we haven't talked about crime. Oh, yeah. As much. Because, I mean, it still comes up in Yeah, I'm like, I feel like we just sat here and talked about crime for, like, at least ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Literally before we were on here, we were just talking about other crimey stuff, so. So, hi. <laughs> yeah, hello. Hi, guys. How's it going? Um, I guess this is the part where I should say, before we get into things, <laughs> um, Destiny and I obviously talk a little bit um, every time about ourselves. We wanted to ask, um, but wait a second, I'm doing two things at one time. Before we get into things, we wanted to ask if you could do us a huge favor and stop what you're doing, then get to the part of this app that you're currently listening to us that lets you rate and review things, and please help us by going and rating, reviewing us, um, five stars would be great, but you do whatever you feel is necessary. Like five stars. Uh, like five stars. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, and then wherever, um, if you haven't already, which so many people have started to lately, I, we're almost at 500 followers. That I is, know. That's great. I mean, I know that on the grand scale of things, it's not like, well, they're like, they're 500. like oh, 500. I'm like, listen, this took us not even a year and we got 500. Yeah. Feel. So we're pretty stoked on it. And so if you could help us get to 500 and once we get to 500, I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing a little, a little something, something for our fans, the ones that have been loyal this far. So, um, if, you know, wherever you are, go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Crime Wives Podcast. And if you want to connect with us in any way, um, you can, obviously, you can message us on there. Uh, but you can also email us at crimewivespodcast at gmail.com. Yes, please do. And then I just wanted to do a special shout out to Kitty Kelly. Thank you for going and rating and reviewing us and talking about how you listen to a lot of other great podcasts and now you're listening to ours. That's always like a great feeling when they're like, I listen to this one and I listen to this one. Like anyone that knows, I don't think I've talked about it much here, but Crime Junkie is like one of my favorites and she's like, I listen to Morbid and Crime Junkie and now I'm listening to your guys's and I'm like, thank you so much. It's such, it's such a, I almost said honor, but it's such a compliment when people are like, yeah, I just listen to, they name all of their, I mean, all I listen to podcasts, podcasts. too. I, yeah. Every Monday, I go down the list of podcasts that I, I have all the crime podcasts to, and to know that we're in some people's lineup, I'm like, <laughs> you're like, thank you so much. Because, yeah, like like she said, we, I am at a job where I, on Tuesdays, listen to podcasts, like, all day. Yeah. And so I'm like, just zone in, and then, I mean, yeah, it's just a great feeling. It's how I clean my house. I clean my house listening to podcasts. And I have a lineup, and if I don't have a good amount, or, or like if I'm listening to crappy stuff, my house does not get clean the same. Right? It's not the same. You're <laughs> yes. more invested when you're like, no way, she didn't do it, and you're scrubbing. You're <laughs> yeah. just like, oh my god. Oh, that re- that's what I was trying to say at the beginning, is that if you're still here and you came for crimey stuff, um, we obviously talk about ourselves a little bit, and we don't jump right into crimey stuff. So uh, just 
go to the part where it's like boom, boom, boop, doop, boop, or whatever that song is again, <laughs> and you're going to get right into the crime. But right now we are talking about ourselves. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and how much we love that people listen to us. Yes, yes. I mean, obviously, we do it for you guys. I mean, we love to talk about it, but we also do it for you guys. Um, so, yeah, what have you been doing, I guess? We haven't really seen or talked about this in yeah. a few weeks. So what and, have you been doing? I mean, it's holiday time, so and I always like clockwork. <clears throat> For example, I always get sick right before the holidays. So, I mean, as soon as it's cold out. So I um, was real sick for a few days. And I, I can still, like, I can hear myself in this mic. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry if you hate my There's sick a little voice. rasp. There's, yeah, it's, it's not, and it's not a sexy rasp. <laughs> it's, I'm still sick. But uh, we had a great holiday. And uh, we finally, you know, you go, 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 go. Today's the first day where I'm like, all right, after this, I'm going home and sitting on my couch for the rest of the day. <laughs> that is where I will be. Yeah. Lots of good, lots of just, just Thanksgiving, you know, that's pretty right? much it. Yeah. Right. I get it. Yeah. Did some Black Friday shopping. Got yeah. You're good. ballsy. Not yeah. I. Not I. It was not, it was, I was like underwhelmed by Dude. I went out because we had to get an ornament for the ornament exchange party that we went to last night. Oh, yeah, night. yeah, yeah. And so... Oh, last night, yeah. Everyone was at Target. Um, well, no. We went out on Black Friday. Like, later in the day, though. We were oh. like, let's just go get this out of the way. It was like 3. And I was like... Alex was like, I'm going to fight someone. There's literally this sweet old lady that was right, like, pushing her cart in front of us. But And he's, like, trying to walk around her. He's like, oh, no. Alex is not very... When there's a patient. lot of people, he's not patient. And he doesn't like being around a lot of people. Yeah. So say. he's just like... Big crowds are Arr. not his thing. Yeah. And so he's... And then I'm driving, and I'm like... Oh my god, I'm gonna hit somebody with my car. I was like, I can't do this. And so uh, we literally went to like two places and we left. And then I hit something with my car. Oh, you but it wasn't a person. It wasn't a person. And there was no damage on my car or the thing. So it's like a really casual fine. thing to throw in there. Oh, and I hit something with my car. Everyone's fine. No people died. We're all good. We're all good. It was an inanimate object and it was it didn't have a person. It wasn't a vehicle. Um, and there was no no damage to that said thing or my vehicle so we are okay <laughs> but good. me and Alex just both looked at each other and we're like oh shit yeah no okay no. anyways back to you <laughs> well now we know what you did uh no we um I also I ventured out on Black Friday but I um I went on I went after I'm the people that everyone that's like Thanksgiving is for your family um I went out shopping on Thanksgiving because I just wanted to get out of the way. I just wanted to I do mean, it. I get that. I they, get that. Those doorbuster sales start then. And uh, so, that, I mean, there was not that many people out. So it was, for me, it was kind of a breeze. But yeah. when I had to go to Target yesterday on Saturday, I'm like, wow, it's carried over everywhere. You're like, everybody leave. Yeah. See, was. I'm more of tomorrow Cyber Monday. So yeah. I will be Cyber Monday-ing. Oh, because yeah. that is the kind of person I am. I will also. I'm like, I will sit here from the comfort of my home slash or my office and I will order things and yes. And don't you don't have to talk to anyone. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It'd be great. It's fine. Yeah. So so Okay, so we also yeah. we'll talk I, I had Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. What are what are um, sorry, what did you do this week? Sorry, I thought we you talked about hitting something with a car. I was good. Right. I'm like, well, that was my entertainment for the week. Uh, Tell me the I mean, good stuff. We had Thanksgiving, it was great, hung out with the family. We always go to Alex's family, so um, that was a blast. And then 
we, I mean, we went to the ornament exchange party. Our couple, a couple of our friends threw that last night, and that was also that was a blast. Very fun, yeah. Um, photo booth. I found out last night that my child loves photo booths. Oh my god, he's he, in almost every picture. Like, and how many people did he walk up to? And he's like, "Will you take a picture with me?" And then there's just pictures of like solo adult humans with your child. With my also, there was a, a ton of adults there, and I brought my four year old. So. However, I did keep getting compliments on just how he's just a great time around all these adults right. and he wasn't wild or anything. Well, and he was like, I, Mackenzie said he was like, Mackenzie, Mackenzie, Mackenzie. And he's like whispering to her, trying to get her attention. And she's like, oh, he's talking to me. So she walks up and he's like, you want to take some pictures in the photo booth? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, sure, let's go. He, but He was real into taking pictures, specifically with girls. But you know what? Whoever would listen. I mean, they, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of pictures. Like, there's pictures with my husband where oh, they yeah. attempted, and then Alex was all like, I'm going to teach him how to play guitar. And I was like, you're drunk. Calm down. <laughs> but, yeah. Hey, you know what? He had a great time. We had a great it time. It was a blast. Yeah. I had, good party, guys. Good party. But, good work, guys. Yeah. I mean, besides that. Yeah. That's that. Huh? That was our time. <laughs> Oh, so what are you doing this week? <laughs> um, okay. It's been a while, guys. Yeah, sorry. Um, so, some awkward silence and eye contact there for a second. I forgot. <laughs> He's like, are you going to start? I was like, are you going to ask me what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Remember how we said we're going to mix it up? I forgot. <laughs> um, so yes, we're mixing it up. So it's my week to go first. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about Cesar Barone. Oh. You heard of him? I don't know. Cool name. I don't right? think so. I mean, I mean he's it's a kind cool of name, but like not a cool person. Oh, good to know. <laughs> right off the bat. Cool, cool. We'll just start with that. Okay. Um, so Cesar was born Adolf James Road. Oh, he was born a whole different name? He was like born Adolf? a whole other name. Ooh, but I'm going to call him Cesar the whole thing just to not get confusion yeah, in here at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Keep it smooth. Um, so he was born in Fort Lauderdale, Florida on December 4th, 1960. Okay. Okay. Um, when Cesar was three years old, his mother left his family for another man. <laughs> Oh, right. Um, his family at the I, time... I thought for sure you'd be like, because she was an alcoholic. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> of course, Destiny. Uh, I mean, she might have been, but I don't have that in here. So, um, His family consisted of his father, sister, and brother. Um, so his mom, out of the picture now. His father, which I believe his name was Adolf Sr. Okay. Um, but it's kind of unclear. So yeah. most of the time I'm going to refer to him as his father. Okay. Was working as a carpenter at this time and raising Cesar and his two siblings when he started dating Brenda. After about two years, the couple, the father and Brenda, got married. Brenda took care of the children while the father, Adolf. I'm just going to, okay, I'll call him Adolf. It's just, I hate the name Adolf so much that I'm like, just keep calling him his father. But then <laughs> just, I guess you'll say his father a lot. I, yeah, I will. So I'll say his father or Adolf. And Just, that's who it is. That is who it is. Um, so Adolf was at work, and Brenda would watch the kids. Um, she started having a lot of issues with Cesar. He would act out, not listen to direction or roles, more than like your normal child would. Uh-oh. Um, and these problems only grew once he started school. In elementary school, he would steal toys from other children and threaten them with knives. Oh. And he even um, would like threaten them with lit cigarettes, like saying, I'm going to poke your eyes out with Where these. Where did you get the cigarettes? From. That's 
literally what I have here. I was like, I know it's the 60s, but where did a child? I'm going to poke your eyes out with He's a like, lit cigarette. He's like, here's my lit cigarette. Gotta get your eyeballs. Like, where? Like, where? He sounds, he sounds a little too advanced, and he's out smoking cigs on the playground. <laughs> he's like, this little badass eyes. in a leather jacket. I keep picturing I'm a little tiny you. kid in a leather jacket, like, yeah. leaned up against a pole, like, get out of here. I want to poke your eyes out with this. It's like somebody that's, like, a year older than your son and he's just like <laughs> sitting there with a cigarette I didn't he's like fire room i'm gonna get you oh he was bad yeah so he's a little rebel yeah. um but he also he's like expelled from elementary school which i don't know how that happens uh, because of the cigarettes i'm gonna assume <laughs> because of trying to burn kids eyeballs out yeah so that's where cesar's at so adolf tried it i want to say it off the father <laughs> you guys get it um he tried to help his son's behavioral issues by spending more time with him he's like maybe he just needs a little more daddy time well, that's good and unusual to most of these right? stories well and he's raising three kids he was raising three kids by himself like uh-huh. yes so, yeah very good twist on the father here yeah um and he was trying to get him involved in sports but he's Cesar's- given a good he's given a good title to the name Adolf. <laughs> yes, yes, I completely agree. He, and he continues to do so. We continue to like this father. The only Adolf I might ever kind like. Of. Yeah, I mean, we do. Okay, we'll, let's keep going. We'll decide. So, but Cesar's behavioral issues just continued to spiral, and at about 13, he started smoking marijuana, using LSD, oh, that's, and um, using cocaine. Uh, oh, wow! Okay, you can 13. Li- you're like in 8th grade. 7th grade, 8th grade? Yeah. No, you're, yeah, I'm... It depends on when your birthday is. But he's probably in eighth grade because he was born in December. Yes. But still. Like, LSD and, and cocaine. cocaine? Like weed. Okay. I yeah, tried I weed just, in like I'm seventh grade. I'm never even shocked Don't judge this. me. Oh, yeah. I Hopefully I talked over you and no one heard that admission. But for anyone that didn't. <laughs> What's up, Martha? My mom, well, my mom found out. It's a long story. And I got <laughs> grounded for a long time. And I had to write a paper. This is... I love you, mom. She made me write because I wanted to get ungrounded like a week early uh-huh. to go to a birthday party, and she made me write a paper on why weed was bad for me. Oh, and it was ten pages. That's amazing. But I had to like double. I wrote it out in my <laughs> handwriting and like skipped lines. <laughs> and say, I was like, "Mom, I did weed it. Is bad. Weed is bad for ten pages." Right? <laughs> yeah. She's like, "You're no. This doesn't work." She's yeah. like, "You're gonna look it up on the internet." And da da da. Oh, that is and amazing. Love you, mom. That's respect. <laughs> respect. Um. Anyways, so cocaine, LSD, marijuana use. Woo. At thirteen. Yes. Yikes. Um. His continued behavior and drug use ended up putting a rift. And Brenda and Adolf's marriage. Uh, surprise. Yeah, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, if it didn't, that would be odd. Yeah. Um, and when Cesar was 12, so before he was kind of, I mean, he was kind of dabbling into it. Um, and he was full on using at the age of 13. But around the age of 12, um, Brenda and Adolf ended up separating. Oh, okay. So then he just kind of got worse from there. Yeah, which is something that Cesar was trying to do because Brenda, his dad was always working. Mm -hmm. So with Brenda out of the picture, nobody was watching over him. Ah, so he knew what he was, he was doing it intentionally. Yes. He got what he wanted. So about three years later at the age of 15, Cesar broke into a nearby neighbor's home, which was the home of 70-year-old Alice Stock. He threatened her with a knife telling her to take off all of her clothing. Oh, Um, I don't like this at all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, you were 15 and she was 70? Um, She was scared and said, she was like, no, I'm not going to do this. And then she kind of was in shock. Um, I mean, yeah, because he's 15. Yeah. And so she's like, no, I'm not going to do this. But she's also scared as shit because he's threatening her with a knife. Uh Um, And so he just took off. Oh, good. Okay. He... (sighs) thought that was going to go a different direction. Yeah. I know it's going to get worse, but I'm still... Uh, (laughs) 
Trying to like, get happy where I team. can. Let's stay, let's stay positive. Yeah. Um, so he was arrested for this and sentenced to two months and 11 days in a reformatory school. Once he was released, he continued with his burglary because he would break into houses a lot. Um, and so he broke into a lot of neighbors' houses. And he ended up leaving his fingerprints in some of them. By the time he is 17 years old, and since he was a minor, he was sent to another reformatory for these burglaries oh, um, for three years. Two years into a sentence, he was transferred into a work release program. While he was in the program, he did not show up for his shift. Oh, and there shocker. was just, right, <laughs> and there was suspicion of him stealing from his job. So he was sent back to more of a minimum security prison to serve out his time, and he was released on in November of 1979. This kid. And I'm done. No, I'm kidding. I'm like, well, okay. It's over. That was great. Still crazy, but Um, all right. And no old ladies died. The end. (laughs) The end. You're welcome. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Sorry. Um, So two weeks after Cesar was released, Alice Stock's body was found nude in her house. Okay. Wait. The same old lady? Same old lady. God damn. I literally just got done saying no old ladies dies in reference to her. She had been beaten and raped. And now, how old is he at this point? So he is, I think, like 20. 20? Okay. That's what I was assuming that that many years had gone by. Yeah, because he was in prison and, yeah. And then he went home, basically. Yeah. Okay. And there was no hard evidence pointing to Cesar. So with only circumstantial evidence, Cesar was not charged with this crime. And it's still considered an unsolved case. What? But what about, wait, did she report the first time when he broke in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so they called the cops, and that's why he went to jail for, like, two months. Because it was only, like, a little threat. So, so then it was, like, vengeance kill. That's basically what that was. Yeah, I would assume. But okay. he was also out after that because he was burglarizing homes. Uh-huh. So then he, I think he sat in prison for three years and was like, I'm gonna go. He's like, I know exactly what I'm gonna do when I get out. Exactly. Oh, poor and lady. he did. Yes. Mm, Say that. So, the following month, right after Christmas, Cesar's older brother died in a car accident. Uh-oh. Which brought the family together, including Cesar's former stepmom, Brenda. It is said that the, during the funeral, Brenda told Cesar that it should have been him that died um, and not his older brother. Oh, no. And so it's, and I had She's read a lot. She's got some pent up anger, though. Well, but. and I read a lot of places that obviously Cesar has these troubling things going on with him. And his older brother, Ricky, was just like the, the epitome of a great kid. So just great the guy. of his brothers. Exactly. And so she's like, it should have been you that died. Oh, and then and she, she was, was like... there when they were young, and so she probably... Oh, yeah. And yeah. automatically she's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then she felt guilty, and she gave him a car. Oh, go- oh probably wise on her behalf. Uh, yes. I mean, but it wasn't wise to say that. No, 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 no. So, no, no. in February of 1980, Cesar went to his ex-stepmother Brenda's house, claiming he was upset and wanted to talk about the death of his brother. Why do I not feel that that's how this Ooh. is going to go? So, they talked a good amount... But at the very end of their conversation, when Cesar was going to leave, he attacked Brenda, raping her and saying that he's had the urge to rape her for years. Hate it. Hate it. No. Years. Mm-mm. He's like, yeah. since I was a child? Like, oh. Ugh. Ugh. When he was back and he was Trying to poke out eyeballs with cigarettes? Yeah. Yeah. Cigaretting eyeballs is what I was about to say. Eyebrow- eyebrows. Eyebrows. <laughs> I mean, probably. Ah, both awful. You're coming at someone with a cigarette? Eyebrows. He's like, I don't care what I hit. Yeah. I'm singeing it all. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Awful. So he attempted to strangle her, and then she ran from him and locked herself in the bathroom. Good girl. She waited for Cesar to leave and immediately called her ex-husband, oh, Cesar's no. father. She didn't call 911? She didn't. Oh, no. Brenda decided not to contact the police. 
Why? And his father at this point cut off all contact with his son. They're like, okay, we're not going to call the police on him, but none of us will ever speak to him again. That's it? You just got raped by your stepson and you're just going to... Mm-mm. Yeah, Mm-mm. no. Mm-mm. Um, so just a moment late... Just a moment. I was like, one moment? <laughs> just a month later in March, Cesar was arrested for an attempted burglary in... Um, a bind, Cesar called his mother, his, his real, real mother. mother. What's her name? Do you remember? No. I forgot. I don't. Okay. They, I Calls tried to find mother. it. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find his dad's name. No, I oh. couldn't find his mom that left and abandoned the family. Right, <laughs> no. right, right. Um, so Cesar called his birth mom who posted his bail. Then the next month um, rolled around, and on April 12th, 1980, Cesar went to see his grandmother, his mom's mom, M- Maddie Marino. He attacked her, beating her up, and attempted to choke her. Jesus. Well, she begged him not to. At that point, he stopped and took the money that she had and stole her checkbook. He has wild urges. Like, he is like a like a a grandma i think you can honestly it's very obvious to say he has mommy issues clearly like literally that's that's his problem is he has mommy issues he's got some hardcore mommy issues. i'm not a doctor so i can definitely call whatever his problem is mommy issues but (laughs) yikes it's a thing yeah yes because he had a good dad in his life it sounds like yeah and then he the women he's attacking he's attacking his mom's mom elderly women yeah elderly women and his stepmother his stepmother yeah Mm mm-mm Oh, man. So, for some godforsaken reason, he was found not guilty for the attack on his grandmother. Well, maybe there was just no semen to... I guess. Well, he didn't rape her. Oh, right, he right. He beat her and stole her money. Um, but he did finally get in trouble for the burglary, for past burglaries and was sentenced to five years. Oh, that just... That infuriates me that the, the true issue is that he's attacking women, but he got in trouble for the burglary. Right? Get out of here. Like, fuck you. He is a very scary predator, and he yes. got in trouble for the burglary. They're like, mm, but he's breaking into houses, too, so, so let's get him So that's the wrong that thing here. Yeah. Only about six months before he was going to get be paroled, he escaped from prison. At this Jeez. point... <laughs> right. Every time you say the next thing about him, I'm unprepared. <laughs> You're like, um, excuse me, he did what? Yeah. Um, at this point, he was going to end up serving his full sentence and was transferred to a higher security prison. And this is when he attacked a 59-year-old prison worker who was Jeez. in charge of the kitchen, um, Gladys Dean. He attempted to rape her, trying to force off her clothes, and she was able to hit him and escape. They found pieces of a hex. Okay, so then they, so she escaped, uh-huh. and they're like doing investigations, ah. and they found pieces of a hacksaw under his mattress. Oh. oh, and at this at this time, they decided to transfer him to Florida State Prison and tacked on an additional three years to his sentence. Oh, only three years. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get it, but still, like three more. But, Come on, yeah. you tried to rape a woman, yeah, for the again umpteenth time, and you had hacksaw <laughs> under your mattress. Which, how the hell did you get hacksaw? Probably the same way he got cigarettes. Yes. Jesus. The same way a five-year-old version of himself got cigarettes. Exactly. (laughs) So while in prison, he met the one and only Ted Bundy. Oh, God. Um, And he actually, Mm -hmm. so there's not a lot about that, but he actually had a lot of correspondence with Ted Bundy. Of course he did. And he would brag to other inmates about how he talked to him and all this fun stuff. Ew, gross. But that's like their Elvis Presley in prison. Yeah. He's like, well, I talked to Ted Bundy. Oh, God. Yeah, you heard me. (laughs) Yep. 
hate it. Awful. But you know that that's how in their eyes it is. Yeah. It's like some famous person that they aspire to be like. like he got so many people. I hate that thought. They yeah. aspire to be like him. The king. Oh, Jesus. Hate it. Never going to get that out of my head. You're welcome. Anyways. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> She's got jokes today, guys. Yeah. Um, Peppy on a Sunday so. morning. But while he was also in there, he answered personal ads. Oh, wait, what? you can do that. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> He's forgot. like, gets the newspaper, oh, and he's yeah. like, okay, let me write you. So he met Kathy Lockhart, and this is when he made up the persona of an Italian man from Milan. It's always Italian. <laughs> who was previously in the Italian Special Forces. This is when he changed his name from, he because he, he had been going Adolf, by. He had been Adolf Jim, James Road, and he went by Jimmy. Uh-huh. Which Ooh. totally fits it more. Yeah, like, yeah. This guy's name's Jimmy. Oh yeah. <laughs> but and he changed his name to Cesar Barone. There is some Cesar Barone. There's something about the name Jimmy that can really be slimy. Sorry. <laughs> like guys. I'm sorry to all. Sorry Jimmys. any Jimmys. Yeah. But Jimmy would have. It's just one of those names. Yeah. And he knew it too because he gave himself Cesar Barone. Yeah. He knew. He knew. He's like, I'm a classy, suave Italian man now. <laughs> um, so Kathy was intrigued by Cesar, oh. which I don't know how you get these letters from a prison and you're like, this guy sounds very You're like, this very Italian man is great. being jailed for some unknown reason? Yeah. Absolutely doesn't It's deserve. only burglary. At this point, I mean, it is. <laughs> oh my God, so, it really is at this point. Um, only burglary. So they continued writing and finally when he was released... Um, after he was really seven years after his initial sentencing and on april of 1987 the pair actually met in person oh boy and in 1988 they married did he look like an italian dude kind of okay yeah. so he, he could pretend that because i was like wait when they finally met was she like this is not what i was expecting no he definitely looks like he could be like italian okay. or like just he has, has at least dark enough ish yeah features he's i mean he's definitely tanner than me yeah which okay. for well, anyone I mean, Maybe he kind of looks like maybe as as tan as The Rock. Yeah. See, I whoa. See, I don't necessarily the skin tone. It's like features. There's like Italian. He features. definitely looks like he could potentially be Italian. Uh-huh. Um, I would say more Hispanic. Okay. Okay. Well, then but, yes. If the untrained eye will do, would probably just group those together and be like, you could tell me wherever you're from, and I'll just believe it. I have an untrained eye, so yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I do too. I definitely <laughs> do too. But I would just. I was just wondering if like he was like a white dude. And she was like, and then I'm going to go meet him. And then He's like, like blonde hair, blue eyes. and Just not what you would think of when you think of someone that's Italian. Yeah. But could pretend, could obviously be, but yeah. not what you think Just unlikely. Of. Yes, yes. So they ended up meeting, they ended up getting married, and they moved to Hillsboro, Oregon. Oh, hey, I've been there before. I've heard of it. <laughs> just a few times. Ever heard of it? <laughs> um, uh, so once he moved to Oregon, he had trouble getting a job. He had like six different jobs. So he enlisted into the army under his new name. Oh, Caesar. Yes. Okay. He became a great shooter and was part of the invasion of Panama. Oh, I'm so glad they gave him a gun. Yep. Not. <laughs> They're like, here you go. You look like you can do this. Oh, you were only in jail for robbery? Absolutely. Well, he. Oh, right, name, right. So I forgot. He did He's not have man. a background. Um, okay. And, and I didn't know it was that easy to just make up a fake persona and get into the. I'm stressed. <laughs> what is going on out there? This is stressful. Um, so, and later he was quoted saying that he killed a lot of people. He was accused of exposing himself to a female officer, and the army stated, or they started looking into Cesar a little bit more. That is another thing that always blows my mind. The thing where you just want to show people your junk. That is, I don't, I mean, obviously I, we don't get There's a lot I don't get, but yeah. specifically, I'm like, 
where does that where does that the kink the urge to be like and look at my wiener like I, i guess more my concern is what does that fulfill someone saw it maybe just making someone else uncomfortable that's what that fulfills i guess but do you but in my mind i'm like do you want someone to be uncomfortable when they look at your penis it sounds like he wants to make people uncomfortable like he's so that's the only thing i can get out of it it's weird please don't tell us if you know (laughs) but yeah or like if you know like in like a researched way tell us yeah okay i'm okay with that one but if you know from personal experience please don't tell me you don't have to tell us um so they started looking into cesar a little bit more and found that he had forged his identity um and did in fact have a criminal record okay and he was kicked out of the army okay that's it though right so this is when he kind of lost it. Okay. <laughs> um, in April of 1991, Cesar broke into the home of 61-year-old Margaret Schmidt. He sexually assaulted her and then smothered her with a pillow. Oh, I hate him Her so body much. was found the next morning by her caregiver. Oh. oh. <laughs> so then he took about a year and a half off. Okay. Um, in October of 1992. Was, like, someone in his life, like, pregnant or did I'm not sure why he took it off. This part was very hard to find. Like, oh. I had to go through court records to find, like, Ooh. where I'm at now. Uh-huh. So, in October of 1992, Cesar shot at a car, um, shooting Martha Bryant. He wounded her and then grabbed her out of the car, drove her from another location to another location He's where like he... ballsy now. Yeah. He, like, shot a moving car. Yeah, what the hell? Pulled her from the car, and then he took her to his car, and then he was it took like her to daytime? another... Um, no, I mean, I think it, it, it was night. It, it was night. Even if it was night. Could you imagine driving by that? Like, whoa, what the... Like, well, and the car just was, like... It was, like, a Volkswagen. It was, like, pushed off to the corner. So she had probably the shot and then drove off. Oh, and gosh. then... Um, so then he took her to another location, sexually assaulted her, um, attempted... he So he was sexually assaulting her, but attempting to rape her. Uh-huh. And then she was too badly wounded, and so oh. he dragged her from the car and into the street and then killed her by shooting her in the head. <gasps> oh, I hate this. I didn't mean to scream, but I'm mad. <laughs> or like, uh, I wasn't, uh, this one, that one, that just sounds so gory, all of it. She was too bloody to sexually assault. Yes. Ugh. I hate it. It's awful. I hate it. All of it's awful. Anyways. So two months later, I am not done. <laughs> two months later, he broke into a nursing home and he fondled a 72-year-old patient. I'm going to stay quiet over here because it's all going to be the same reaction. Just a week later, on December 30th, he was with a friend when they offered a ride to 23-year-old Shantae Woodman. Oh, 23. So he so changed this it up way out of his just, But he was also with a friend, so that it, could have influenced it a mm-hmm. little bit. They sexually assaulted and beat Shantae. They shot her and left her on the side of the highway. When they were driving away, they noticed she was still moving. Oh, no. And returned to beat her more. And shoot her, killing her. Wait, is this friend ever named? He is, but I couldn't find any records where he, he was, like, was found real. guilty and things like, like that. So it took I mean, two it, dudes to kill this lady more. Well, but no, but they were like I, no. I think to... they were in it together. No, 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 no. He's named in the court records and everything. Okay, but I okay. left him out of it because. Well, yeah, we I don't couldn't need to find know his more name. I just him. want to know, was he real? Also, I don't know if he's in prison, so he also scares me, and he's in Oregon. Yeah. So, Ugh. we're going to leave girl. it. We're going to leave it alone. Hate it. Um, so, you don't scare me, I'll kill you. Anyways. <laughs> She's so, lying. <laughs> well, they left her, or, so they went back, they killed her, and then they threw her over a guardrail. Oh. Um, and she was found the next day by a highway worker. Oh, man. Literally another week later, 
He was drinking with 51-year-old Betty Williams at her apartment. Um, How does he just meet all of these elder... Okay, 51 Well, at this point, he's like 30s. Yeah, okay. So... They're still older than him. It's just, it's very... I mean, I'm like, we're both like in our 20s and we're friends with people that when we're in our 30s, they'll be in their 50s. Oh yeah, my best friend's almost the same age as my mom. Thank you for reminding me that. You're right, you're right. Yeah, Yeah, okay. it's a thing. So it's me. Hi. (laughs) Hello, I I have those friends. I just answered my question. (laughs) She's also like, you name me, I'll kill you. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, But so uh, Betty went to the bathroom and he followed her and he started sexually abusing her. When he started sexually abusing her, she started to have a heart attack. (gasps) And she, I'm so sorry, Um, she ended up dying. He left her body in the bathtub, partially clothed, and her son found her the next day. I'm going to vomit. I'm so mad. He then attempted to rape his landlady, 58-year-old Matilda Gardner, but she escaped, and finally, two weeks later, Cesar was arrested! Good! On attempted rape, sodomy, menacing, and burglary. Oh, of course burglary is in there, but I'm just glad that the other things are finally catching up with him. Yes. I hate this. So, Cesar was sentenced to 89 years for the death of Betty, who suffered a heart attack, and three... Death sentences for Margaret, Martha, and Shante. Shanty. And then these are just, these other ones are just ones that he admitted to later, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he just had to, they probably, obviously, they're all in like the same area, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're all up in the Portland, Hillsborough area. Ooh, how have I never heard of this guy before? I know. Yikes. I know. I, yeah. He, like most did, he tried to fight the death penalty, saying that the police harassed him, they coerced him. He also was trying to be his lawyer for a little bit, oh, kind of got out of that. Typical. Right. Typical. He's like, well, I learned this from Ted Bundy in Florida. I was Florida. just about to say, is this whenever he was talking? <laughs> Um, but in the end, he ended up dying of natural causes on December 24th, 2009, um, before his death row could be completed. Okay. Well, I'm glad that he died somehow. So, he's I'll gone. take natural causes. As We're happy that he's gone. We're happy he's no longer out there. Exactly. So, also, real quick, sources, Murderpedia, Wikipedia, Oregon Live, which I was like, oh, too close to home. Oh, yeah. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Mamat. Mamat. Yeah. Mama. Radford Education, basically. Okay. And then a, it's like a book, or it's on it's on ThoughtCo, and it's Profile of a Serial Rapist and Killer, Cesar Rabone. Okay. And I was like, this is crazy, because that had more about his childhood, and I was like, oh my god. Oh, that's good that you could get that from yeah. there. So he's wild. Now we know um, that he had mommy issues. Yeah. That was his problem. Hate it. I mean, good job. I mean, we hear a lot about daddy issues, but. Uh-huh. It's different. Ugh. Hate it. Anyways. (laughs) Okay. So that was mine. That was crazy. He's a wild guy. I love crazy things. And when people say they (laughs) escape, I'm like, yes. I wish you guys could have seen the light in Destiny's eye when she was just like, I love crazy things. I love crazy. (laughs) I love the wild ones. (laughs) I know. I'm twisted. I'm deranged. Also, just real quick. Uh (laughs) Me and Alex could not sleep the other night. So we're up at like five in the morning and this is why I love my husband. I walk out into, so I woke up at like 5.30 and I woke, walk out and he's watching Women That Murder <laughs> and I just lay on the couch with a heating blanket and we watch like multiple hours of it and we're like, let's eat something and then take a nap. It's like five in the morning, you guys get up and watch Women That Murder and yeah. then just go to bed. That's my husband. That's, you guys live a life. <laughs> We've got it down you, to a T. You really were made for each other. Okay. So there I am. This is why 
Yeah. We love crazy. Anyways, yeah. what are you talking about this week? Have you heard of Ed Post? I haven't. Okay, because I thought that I had it. Oh, I hope not. Probably it's for the best that he shouldn't be. (laughs) But um, I, this is obviously, as always, tiny backstory. Looked this up, was so stoked about all this information that I was getting, and I thought I'd never heard of this before. And then I realized that it's, some of the information I got is from (laughs) ForensicFilesNow.com. And I'm like, oh, cool. I have a problem. I keep covering stories from forensic files. Hey, you just, you know good this, stories when you hear them. This time was unintentional, but I should have known. I've, I know at some point in my life I've heard this story before. Um, so, and then the other place that I got information from is St. Louis Today. St. Louis Today, yes. Um, which is a person that knew Ed Post, like, wrote about oh, their wow. experience. I love it. those ones. Yeah. So, um, I kind of read through theirs and then from that took the information that I needed to like write the story um but then yes I was taking information like I was reading through all this information I was like wow this website has it so good they've like they've put it from beginning to end this is great and I it's freaking forensic files (laughs) so anyways if you haven't seen this episode and or I don't care keep listening it's great (laughs) it's so weird it's not weird yeah it is okay so there is not a ton of information about Ed Post when he was younger. Okay. Um, but him and his wife, Julie, that's who this story focuses on. So Ed and Julie Post met at Southern University in Mississippi. They were married in 1967 and had two kids, two daughters, two daughters. Okay. And that's just kind of where the story needs to take place or start off, I mean. They eventually moved to New Orleans, um, where they both are super successful real estate agents. And I'm like, they were like, for their time, especially him, they were, he was a smooth talker. Okay, okay. (laughs) Shocker, huh? (laughs) Um, So from everything that I could find about it, they were kind of one of those, I mean, together, they were one of those light up the room couples. Gotcha. um, Not like necessarily okay this I'm is, thinking like a Ken and Barbie uh no <laughs> that's what I was about to explain <laughs> okay is that like not by their looks but they were one of those couples that and they were when this story takes place they're a little bit older than I had uh, pictured um if I would have just friggin watched the forensic files about this I probably <laughs> would have found out more but um they're they I think when this takes place um I don't know they weren't by looks but they were both really charming really she was someone you wanted to be friends with. He was someone They're that was They're just very personable, likable. Yeah, they're both real estate agents, and he's like big-time real estate agent, too. Gotcha. Um, Ed was mostly known for his big personality, um, and together they sold over $2 million in real estate. And so they were, they were doing well. They were doing good. Yeah. Eventually, Ed became part owner of the Wagner & Tro real estate firm, which is the one that he worked for, mm-hmm. um, and that part of the job required a lot of traveling for for him, but I think she traveled with him a lot, is what I picked up from this. Okay. So, um, in June of 1986, the couple visited St. Louis, Missouri together for a real estate convention that I'm pretty sure was kind of an annual thing that they would go to. This is speculation. I'm literally adding to the story here, but... <laughs> Again, this is what I got out of it, was that they kind of, they did this annually. They go this year together. They stayed at this hotel called Omni Hotel, and I don't think the convention is there. I think it's just by the convention. Okay. But not necessarily that crucial part of the story. On the morning of June 3rd 
Uh, the couple woke up together, and Ed decided before they started their day that he was going to go on a jog. Um, he left their room around 7 a.m., and he, like, gets all dressed, goes downstairs, and before he leaves the hotel, he stops by the concierge desk. Um, he chats with one of the employees, and... Alibi. I... Hi! Hello. <laughs> <laughs> He said, basically, he walked up and said, hi, I'm Ed Post, and I wanted to thank you again for the recommendation. Morning jogs are always never a good sign. Don't go on a morning jog, guys. Don't go on a morning jog. Somebody's going to die. Stay in bed. Stay in bed. Someone is going to die. And he, I mean, he, he like, straight up is like, hey, but apparently someone had recommended the botanical gardens to them, and they went to it, and he was like, thanks for recommending that. Also, my name's Ed Post. Uh, Yep. Also, yep. Do you so see my name tag? You see what's going on here. Okay, okay, okay. So there's no, um, there's no being secretive to you. It's just Sorry. very clear what's going on. <laughs> I'm like, spoiler, Rudy. You're sorry. Hi. My name's Destiny. She just yells, alibi. <laughs> so, yep. Uh-huh. Okay, so he does go out on a run, though. He's seen running in various places. <laughs> Destiny can't even contain herself. <laughs> I just know that I'd be looking at you like, I'm going to kill you. You're ruining my story. <laughs> Yeah, if I just yelled alibi, Destiny'd be real mad at me, guys. I'll kill you. Cool, thanks, Ron. I need an alibi. (laughs) Turn off the mic. Speaking of alibi, bye. (laughs) So, anyways, he leaves. He goes on a jog. He is seen, like, going around the place. Like, he did go on a jog. Um, they, he's, because they're in St. Louis, he's, like, seen by, like, the St. Louis Arch. Like, he's seen around town. Stopped and got coffee. Yeah. Ed Post. He might. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> he said hi to everyone. He told everyone his name. <laughs> Some ladies run by, he's like, I'm Ed Post! <laughs> Just keeps running. <laughs> so, no, um, kind of, essentially, as he goes around, he gets back to the hotel at 7.40, and then he kind of, like, gestures to the desk, front desk again. <laughs> Destiny's real proud of herself, guys. <laughs> I just can't stop laughing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just need a minute. I'm crying a little. I need to hold it together. I can't wait to tell the rest of the story to you. And you'd be like, I knew it. Also, I'm a terrible human. I wish I didn't guess this. I can't believe you just yelled the word alibi so aggressively. And this strong. is not a game, Destiny. It's not for you to choose. It's like how to hunt a killer. I got it. Alibi. Okay. This wasn't okay. my guy. Sorry, I apologize. I'm back. I can't wait for the end when you're going to go, the husband did it. Because <laughs> let's just you're set like, the whole well. story up now, shall we? I apologize. <laughs> okay. Can I go on now? Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. He gets back to the hotel and he's like, hey guys. Again, kind of. Like, doesn't it little you there or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But they see him come back. He sees them. And now the laughing is not going to take place anymore because when he got back to his hotel room, he walked in and found his wife, Julie, face down and unconscious in the bathtub. Oh. Yeah. He removed her from the water for some reason and then proceeded to call 911. When emergency technicians get there, um, I mean, they like, I'm a little confused about like he pulls her out and then they get there and then he notes to them that he sees this. Uh, towel hanger in the tub and they don't necessarily go into detail about how this happened but it was almost like he was like there's a towel hanger in the this is again this is me telling my version of the story (laughs) but of him being like oh that's how she must have fallen there's a towel hanger in there Uh, okay anyways this is the part where you can yell alibi (laughs) 
Oh my god. He he like points it out. Maybe he's I like, solved the case. I think he's like kind of casual about it, but the towel hanger was attached to the wall and is out of the wall in the tub next to her. And he claimed that he hadn't seen it and then when they get there he sees what okay. I don't know. Maybe they, the towel hanger did it. So yeah, so they get there. Jeez. He notes the towel hanger in the tub, and um, that maybe he—he he literally says maybe she slipped and grabbed it on her way down. Um, and then when they finally got Julie to the hospital, she was pronounced dead at only thirty-nine years old. So she's not super old, mm-hmm. obviously she's thirty-nine, but that's what I meant by they weren't like a Barbie and Ken. They, they were, weren't like and Ed Post freshly twenty-seven, no. twenty-eight, and and Ed Post is not a looker. He's not a Ken. No, no, no. Mm-mm. Not a Ken. So, the autopsy stated that Julie died from drowning. That's all they had. They just said she died from drowning. Right away, uh, Ed went from very sad and very uh, to very angry. Like, he... And well, and they he, didn't say she was, like, concussed no. or anything like that. Not initially. <laughs> At some point, he even has his brother, who is a lawyer come to the hotel room and take pictures of the bathroom and the hooks on the walls because he he basically was hellbent on trying to sue them now. He's like, the hotel? There's a reason my wife died. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. He's, he's convinced that there... That she slipped She slipped. Fell. Uh-huh. And so because... I'm pretty sure because this of him being so wild about also wanting to sue them, a police investigation kind of... Yeah, it just sounds very place. outlandish. Uh-huh. So, um, but his brother is a lawyer, and he, I, I did not write down the price, but he was, like, trying to sue them for, like, millions, obviously, because it's a hotel. But he, his wife is dead, and he's very mad. Okay. He wants to sue the hotel. The first thing that investigators kind of hone in on is, obviously, the towel racks. Um, they began trying to determine if Julie, who was 120 pounds at her okay. time of death. Uh-huh. That was when I was like, oh. Okay, 120 pounds. Get out of here. Um, she was, that's how much she weighed, and um, was actually, they're trying to determine if she was big enough to pull it down while slipping. That's another thing, too. When you're slipping, you're moving so fast that, like, let's say that, okay, don't yeah. worry, we're going to get into this part. Okay. But, uh, the main investigator is later quoted saying, and I didn't write his name down, I'm sorry. So he's just going to be the main investigator. Um, is later quoted saying that he hung all of his own body weight just kind of on the towel rack, apparently. And um, he put it, like, not, they didn't budge. The hook Guess didn't Guess to me, budge. he's over 120 pounds. Uh, yeah, he, at the time, he said um, he weighed close to 220 pounds at the time. And they did this in two rooms. Like, they, the room that she died in, they went in two rooms next to it. Every, obviously, it's a hotel. Everything's made yeah. exactly the same for this reason. Like, yeah. you can't have people getting hurt in there. So, anyways, um, this prompted investigators uh, to take a closer look at their life, like yeah. at Ed Post, because at this point, they're like, okay, maybe this actually didn't. They're like, hey, husband's being a little sketch now. And honestly, I'm just going to say it now. If he just, if he wouldn't have done the towel aspect of this, it might not have gotten this blown out of proportion. But because he wanted to throw the... He's just making himself look suspicious. Like, you're sitting there and you're like, well, maybe it was this. And it's something that's just, like, so out of left field that you're like... That's like, wait, she drowned because she slipped... Like, that's what you're automatically thinking? So if that didn't make you suspicious enough, of course the first thing they do is a background check. 
And one of the first thing that pops up, surprise, surprise, is an insurance adjustment about 29 days prior to Julie's fall. Oh my god. The life insurance policy that was for her was went from $500,000 to $700,000 just 29 days mm. before. So, granted it was already huge, yeah. but a couple hundred that bad more. Boy up. Uh-huh. Yeah. The next curious thing um, they ended up finding about Ed is that he was kind of obsessive crush slash I'm going to say slash interest in this woman that he worked with, um, who was also married, but it was not reciprocated feelings. And so they, essentially they would, it's kind of like as this investigation goes on, it like prompts them to look at something else. Yeah. And it like prompts them to look at, and so they kind of start. Like a ping pong effect. Uh Uh-huh. And so she, they start looking into like his work and his work life. And that's where they meet this woman named Kim Otong, I think is her last name is. And they end up getting to talk to her, and she discloses that she was actually at Julie's funeral. And, again, the funeral was very recent after her death. Yeah. And um, at the funeral, Ed had said something that made her feel pretty inappropriate that day, or that she felt was inappropriate that day. Um, He apparently said, maybe when this is over, you can set me up with your twin sister, who she did have a twin sister, but was single. But, like, because you're at your wife's funeral yeah like i'm like okay this this kind of thing is like not is like not a huge red flag to me because men are men but at your wife's funeral i just can't i can't so uh so that one i was like i'm gonna note that yeah um a few other people eventually come forward and say that ed might have um described their marriage as loving the the because he, like, right off the bat, was like, I, I loved my wife. We were very, and he explained it that way. And that's how the story first, when I'm reading through it, I was like, oh, I mean, they had a good marriage. Yeah. Cool. However, while he might have described their marriage as loving and happy, there were a few close to Julie who knew that the couple was slowly sinking into debt with the company that Ed was part owner in. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> this is another part where you can yell alibi if you want. I mean, I guess not alibi, but. Alibi! <laughs> And it caused a lot of tension in their marriage. Um, so much tension that uh, it sounds like some of their fights, like their altercations, were actually like getting physical. And she had oh, mentioned wow. it to a few people, but then was like, it's fine, we're just really stressed. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. He, we, he just hits me. Ugh. Oh, uh, God. Oh, sorry. God. <laughs> <I hate it. laughs> but I mean, it's like, how do you, I mean, I, I don't care how stressed you are, violence is never. Nope. So. As the investigators move on through the case, they start to take note that every single time that Ed is interviewed in his about the story, it does not change. Like not even a tiny bit. It's the same it's story, just very like robotic rescripted. on repeat. And rescripted. yeah, rescripted. <laughs> um, it's like it, it's like a speech, definitely. And he's re-saying it every single time, um, or what they referred to as rehearsed and memorized. Mm-hmm. However, I will note that I listened to a tiny part of the interview, and I like listened to like just a tiny snippet of an interview, and um, the way he words things is weird too. Like obviously, I'm listening to it suspicious, yeah, because because yeah. Um, but he explains taking her out of the bathtub in a weird sort of like backwards manner. This is my opinion. But uh-huh. He says he says something about like he also notes when he takes her out of the tub. When in this interview, the tiny part that I heard, he says she may have hit her head when he was pulling her out. And I was like, what? Why is that detailed in here? Why does? Why would you even need to say that? Like, 
But or the, why was that not something that was way more known earlier? Like looked into a little yeah. more. Yeah. So, but I think that this is after she's already buried and all of that stuff. That they're like, okay, we need to look more into this. She's been buried, and he's like, well, she may have hit her head. <laughs> okay, I just didn't like the way it was. But obviously, yeah. I was listening to it in a very with with a suspicion. I was already, but. Um, when interviewed, the concierge at the front desk noted that Ed, Ed had seemed um, like he was acting a bit strange that morning at all. He's like, I mean, again, though, like maybe the concierge and me just act one way and this Ed guy, he just acts. Seems odd. Yeah. Seems off. Yeah. Um, he said that Ed made a point to seek him out um, and said his first and last name and what room number he was in. <laughs> Yeah, that's just weird. Uh-huh. And told him he was going on a jog for about a half hour. And he then... told him the length his jog was going to be? Yeah. And then made it a, a point that he saw him when he came back. Like, when he left and when he came back. So he was like, see, I was going for a half hour. Like, it does seem suspicious. Yeah. And then, of course, all of this stuff was simply suspicion and speculation. So, of course, right now, they have no hard evidence. So... That's why they had to, they were like, okay, well, we, at this point, we're just going to be saying it's him, and he makes enough money to probably get a good lawyer to defend yeah, himself and get out no of this. there's no proof. Yeah. So they decided to exhume Julie Post's body, and they bring that back up. Good. And they, con- they conduct another autopsy. Unfortunately, oh gosh, at first when they, when I was reading this part, I was like, what, why did they even put this in here? This is awful. But we're fine. Unfortunately, when they first opened the casket, there was water damage. Like, where they, they had all been buried, it was next to something. Like, there was water damage that had weighed, gone all over her body. Oh, my God. But her head was above. And all they needed to examine was her head, mostly. So, I was like, uh, yeah. Thankfully, uh, I know. I was uh, like, oh, that one must have been a gruesome sight to see. Like, oh, could oh, you mean God, the person stop. that had to open that? And like, oh, there's water damage. <laughs> like, ugh, Jesus. So, On top of the fact that it's a dead body. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. it's been buried for a while now. Thankfully, uh, like I said, the head was out of the water. And aside from a little damage to apparently the nose had been, because it was like kind of floating, the nose had been pushed up against the casket. Oh, gotcha. Everything else was just, I could not stop picturing that yeah. at the time. Please stop. Like, yeah. Anyway. Moving on. <laughs> so they examined the head. First thing that stands out to them is some new unusual bruising on her face that because... Apparently, it just wasn't looked at beforehand. Um, the area that was bruised was very far down on the back of the head where, um, and that were somewhat in the shape of someone could assume a, a hand. hand or specifically like thumb. Yeah. Like you're gripping the back, back of the, of the head. head. Uh huh. The main investigator's opinion was that when you're holding someone down to drown them, uh, you hold the base of the neck. That's why it's likely caused, that's what likely caused the bruising in his opinion. Uh, Of course, uh, because they had no evidence to prove that her head was actually held underwater, um, they had to go back to the hotel essentially and were like, what can we do to try and make this? So uh, at this time they hired this super thorough person named uh, Bolter Kelsey. Um, he was an accident reconstructionist, oh, which wow. I was like, awesome job. job. I wish I could. Yeah. Um, I would not be good at that if I tried to make it my job, but I wish I could. <laughs> but yeah. I would like to do it. I would love it. Um, yeah, it just sounds so cool. Essentially, what this guy did was rent a room at the same hotel and brought in a model who was exactly the same height and weight as Julie was when she died. They conducted, I think, 30 different experiments. It might have even been more, but I'm pretty sure. Wow. I, uh-huh. 
to see if she could pretend to fall and take the towel ring off at the wall. I was like, that sucks for that girl. She had to like, she probably had so many bruises after this, but she's like, probably like still not dead every time. Yeah. So, um, they basically had her be pretty aggressive with the ring and nothing was happening to them. Yeah. Um, what Kelsey later states is that they found, or what they found was that the ring could only be removed if she was falling at about 64 feet. And of course, the room was only eight feet. So that's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> like even what, like she was From falling. From the sky? And then like a, there was a string. <laughs> like, yeah, it's very confusing. Um, so there was no way that that essentially was possible. Eventually, this guy tells the model to use both of her hands and just shake the ring as hard as she can for as long as she could. And I don't know how long she's doing this for, but, like, minutes go by where she's... And she can finally rip it out. Finally. But it took a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure that the wife was not sitting there for minutes. slipping in the bathroom. Right. (laughs) Yeah, like, there's no... No, there's no way that's... So... However, they noted that in this scenario, the ring looked super beat up, and the one that was floating next to his wife was not that that level of beat up. Gotcha. Like, it was clear this was a different level of aggression. So, the towel rack was attached to a one and a half inch screws, or two of them, essentially. Um, the design was, like most things in the hotel, um, was made to withstand large amounts of pressure, because it's a freaking hotel. They literally have to design them so that if people get hurt, they can't sue you. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, that's like part of it. It had a little metal piece to hold it up against the wall and then a ring that went through it. And I, you can picture it. Everyone knows the classic, yeah, like, yeah. you know, little ring. After they brought in a few more specialists, they decided to examine the base plate of the ring because they wanted to see if the ring in Julie's room was removed, how exactly it had been um, removed and from what angle. Yeah. Basically, they, this is their only, like, So they're just getting specialist, specialist, specialist. We're gonna, like... And they're, like, comparing it. They're doing all these different scenarios and then comparing it with the one in Julie's room. Yeah. And then comparing it with the one in Julie's room. And eventually, they're able to determine that the ring in Julie's room would have had to have been removed, or most likely have been removed, from outside of the bathtub. So not when she, like, was falling into the bathtub. And that it was wrenched super hard, possibly even using, like, a foot against the bathtub to, like, pull it out. But they could finally determine that the angle was not the same as if you were falling into the bathtub. That's been established. And essentially, all these experiments were were what they needed to determine that Julie Post was very likely not the person who removed the ring um, from the wall. And they could use this as physical evidence combined with all of their other stuff. So... Of course, they finally take him to court three years after his wife's death. Jesus. At trial, prosecutors alleged that on the morning of Julie's death, Ed drowned his wife in the bathtub. They say that he then pulled the towel rack from the wall and then tossed it in the bathtub for two reasons. And this is what I was trying to get at before. One was that it would so it would look like she grabbed, and this was his own, like, oh, she slipped and fell into the bathtub. Uh, the other was um, so that he could sue them in a civil lawsuit. God, he's gross. He's, that's how greedy he was. He was like, not only do I need to make sure that my wife is dead and then I get that policy, but I'm also going to sue the hotel. I also need to make some money. So perhaps if he would have just drowned her, there might not have been an investigation at all. I mean, maybe there would have been, but they would have had less to go off of. Yeah. And they probably wouldn't have been able to prove it that way. But because he was over and greedy... <laughs> He was like, let me get my money. Yes. So at court, um, 
the thing that they do note about him at court is that he is like very well dressed, very well spoken. All you know, he's he's taking the stand in his own defense. However, the officer, that main officer that they um, interview a lot, says that his testimony came off like it. What also played against him was the jury that was there. Um, they he just seemed super condescending to them like better than them and and he the officer that was there was watching this interaction take place and was like oh this jury hates him yeah so that didn't help his case either it took it took it took jurors one full day to find him guilty of first degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole a fun twist is that of course he appealed the conviction appealed he, he appealed the conviction later, and this time they offered him a plea bargain if he would plead guilty. They would give him second-degree murder. Big shocker. He confessed to killing his wife Ugh. in exchange for 30 years in prison and accepted. And that's that. That's, Gross. Uh, that's the end. So is he still in prison? Uh, well, this was 30 years ago, so probably not. No, I bet he's out, because this... Uh, when did I say this took place? This is June of, wait for it, wait for it, June of 1986. So that 30 years is, uh, just happened recently. Yeah, so he's, he's more recently out. Yeah. Yikes. Oh. Hated, hated Mr. So Post, please don't kill any more people. Please don't kill any more people. Please oh. be, He probably changed his name. Yeah. He's probably not Mr. Post anymore. That's disgusting. Yeah. You're so, a terrible human. We hate you. Yeah, don't like you at all. You make me really depressed. Thanks for starting my Sunday off this way. This feels like a real weird way to end a uh, <laughs> end Also, <laughs> that was good. That was really good. That's that was, good. was a good one. That was. I'll try to steer away from forensic <laughs> files. Jeez. Veronica Even when I tried to. Right? You're like, found it. Found me. Yeah. Wasn't my fault. I'm not sorry. You're welcome. For those of You're you who welcome. apparently love, I mean, I did not realize how much I love forensic files, but if you love them as much as I do, you're welcome. I, I haven't am. watched much forensic files. Oh, girl. You gotta just get in so it. You know. It's so good. I just thought, I've avoided telling you that since you started being obsessed with them oh, again recently. I was born obsessed and with them. <laughs> I feel like it's definitely picked up a lot in the last couple months, though. So Yeah. Yeah. I'll check them out. I'll check them out. All right. Yeah. Well, Thanks for listening, guys. Grime Wives out.